Welcome to the Virtual CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping service-based businesses achieve success. Are you a business owner interested in learning how to scale your business? Has your business reached over $1 million in annual revenue? Then this podcast is for you. Hello, welcome to today's podcast. Um, pretty excited about today's podcast. We've got a, a long-term client on on board here, and again, the uh, and we, with, uh, with that, we got uh, guest starring today is Joey Kinney. Joey, uh, welcome to the uh, show again. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate it. Yep. And the, the gentleman I'm talking about is uh, Tommy Nolan. Tommy is the uh, founder of Videonics. And uh, Tommy, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? And uh, you know. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, Jody and uh, Joey, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, Videonics, uh, founded in 2015. Uh, we're a B2B video virtual hybrid on-site production company. So uh, originally started out, uh, you know, creating original content uh, with a little bit of emphasis in event production. And then as 2020 rolled around, uh, this, this pandemic hit that we're all aware of a little bit. And... Uh, our business model really flipped and changed quite a bit into uh, supporting virtual and hybrid events. And now that we're getting back in person, um, trying to navigate those those new waters uh, as we head to 2023 and beyond. So, uh, Tommy, so so t- about your company in general, but how many people you have? Um, where are they located? Brick and mortar, remote? What, what's what's the breakdown of your your company? Yeah, we, we tend to ebb and flow when it comes to staff quite a bit. Um, right now, we've got uh, uh, six full-time, uh, three owners that are heavily involved, and then probably 50 contractors that we keep busy uh, on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the full-time staff increases as needed. Sometimes it can fluctuate up to you know a dozen or 15 and then drop down back to kind of the level we're at now. So mm-hmm. it does ebb and flow based on our production and event needs for the year. Nice. And then your, the type of client, what's an ideal client for you? So kind of give us some perspective there. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great question, and it's something that we're really trying to narrow down, you know, really every day. You know, what is our, our target client? Uh, those, those Fortune 1000 clients seem to be our, our target market. We're not uh, industry-specific or uh, agnostic. So mm-hmm. really that, that Fortune 1000 is our, our bread and butter. Those enterprise-level clients is where we have our most, most success with. Gotcha, gotcha. So again, t- today, kind of talking a little bit about meetings and how you know virtual, in person, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to get an idea where, you know, what the future kind of uh, kind of kind of rides going forward there. Uh, Joe, I'm going to kick it off with you and kind of uh, give me some insight on what your thoughts are go- going forward. You know, we're obviously a fully remote company and have been that way. Actually, hybrid now that we're part of Anders, and so we've got uh, what 70ish people that work remote, and then another 350 people ish that have. Uh, brick and mortar space and I, I know you'd mentioned you had some real estate uh, experience in the past before uh, joining summit there and i was kind of curious on what your thoughts are before we uh, get in and talk to tommy about his well i think i think it's an interesting question and it's that is the million dollar question here right what are we going to do with all of this commercial infrastructure that we have built out in the country so Tommy, I'm really interested about inflection points, and I want to hear, you know, kind of your pivot point at some point with regards to how you decided to to switch in 2020. But that was something that the real estate companies and and a lot, you know, a lot of companies in general just weren't prepared for. They had never thought about what would happen if people couldn't come into the office. 
And now we're in this world where we can, you know, for the most part, there might be a few things here and there that are popping up that are keeping people from wanting to, to come back to the office full time. But I think the bigger question is what's it going to be and how do you maintain some things like culture in a remote environment, even a, a hybrid environment culture is very difficult. So I'd love to hear from you, Tommy, quickly what, what you saw when you, when you guys did that pivot in 2020 and recognized that at least for the foreseeable future, things were going to be different. Yeah, I can't really speak upon uh, the actual um, um, uh, in-person uh, or, or, or remote workers as it comes to the workplace. My, my expertise is more revolves around events. So I'm going to speak about that for just a second. Yeah. Um, when, when the pandemic did hit, uh, we were traveling all over the place, all over the country, all over the world, had, had you know trips booked everywhere, and all of a sudden they came to a screeching halt. And uh, I, I was scared. I didn't think we're, I didn't think we we're going to make it. I was, I was like, there's no way there's going to be PPP loans large enough to keep this, <laughs> this place afloat. It's not going to happen. And then we started seeing this this virtual experience start to take off when it came to events and trying to keep these events going just in a virtual capacity. And we looked at each other and we were like, we've been doing this um, for a long time, actually, before it became synonymous with the world as doing a virtual event. Um, you know, when, when we were in person pre-pandemic, uh, we were creating incubated TV shows, live streams, engaging virtual audiences. And so, we were in the right place at the right time. And we had all the infrastructure and all the experience needed and equipment and personnel, software, hardware, you name it, to pull everything we need to pull off. And so our, our clients came running to us uh, looking for a solution to keep their business going when no one can meet in person. So um, it was really interesting because, you know, a lot of these events that were taking place had ginormous budgets huge budgets and I mean I've used one example of an event that that I know that one of the travel budgets for just that one event was over a million dollars just for the travel budget and now you can produce this virtual broadcast for this entire event for all the same people for a fraction of that and I think I think the our enterprise level clients recognized oh, wait a second maybe we can be smarter with our money here I'm not saying that events in person have to completely go away as we're getting back in person, mm -hmm. but there's so much cost savings that can be had and still get the messaging across in a different way now. And that's that's really those uncharted waters of where we are today and, and going the next couple of years. Well, I think that's fascinating because that's I'm imagining, Jody, that that's the same thing that a lot of business owners are thinking about. Their infrastructure's office space. Your infrastructure is, of course, the production piece and how do you do it? And that's an interesting dichotomy. Do we do this thing or do we continue investing in good remote, good flexible type solutions and find the best of both worlds scenario? And how do we how do we figure that out from a culture perspective, too, I think is really interesting. Um, Jody, when you think about culture in a hybrid workplace, what are some mm -hmm. of the pitfalls that people can run across? Yeah, it kind of scares me a little bit when he's when he's mentioning, hey, we might go do conferences completely remote all the time um, or potentially moving a lot of conferences remote. Uh, I, I think there's some great advantage to that. You know, of course, you know, the, the cost savings is huge. Right. I mean, you've got you know, you don't have to you don't have to fly everybody out to a conference, you know, the setup on, on you know, Tommy on your end, all that kind of stuff. But I think the uh, the big thing or the big purpose why 
why we have conferences. I guess it wouldn't be conferences necessarily, but it's more uh, team retreats and events that we would we, we would see culture being in, in absence there if we didn't have it. Because I think culture is, is so, so important, um, especially for a remote company like ours, where we've got 70 folks that are all across the United States and you know, we have gotten in other countries and that sort of thing. And, and to bring those folks together, I think that's where the culture part has to ha- has, has to have it. You have to have that, you know, feel and touch where you can get it, get it, get a chance to hang out and, and grab a beer with somebody, coffee, you know, eat dinner, you know, find out a little bit about them on a personal level versus just simply on a, a business level all the time that you'd see on a remote world. You know, the, uh, the, the camera brings a lot of a lot of that culture and feeling to the table, you know, so you, I'm saying, I'm not saying you can't have it without the, with that, but I think there's just more to it. And so that's why when we have our retreats, we'll have two retreats a year, you know, we'll take everybody, spend 3000 bucks a person, spend a lot of money to have these people at these retreats and to get a lot out of it. And uh, that, that's the, the big thing there. Now with, with conferences, you know, the conferences that we go to, I feel I get so much more out of the conferences being in person than I do actually in the virtual setting because we've been through you know with the you know everybody knows with the, with the way that COVID hit you know it, all the conferences were virtual and a lot of them you know they a lot of them are kind of staying quasi virtual they're offering a virtual component to it which I think the virtual component's nice for those that can't make it but I mean I think being there in person is just so important because it's no different than you know the team retreats where we're actually meeting our teammates there the conferences a lot of times are there just to just to hang out and, and talk to you know our peers and see hey how's thing how are things going you know what what are you guys doing differently than us and and really kind of helping things on a um, more of a, 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 a you know a, a, a work work related type of a you know, environment there and so I think that I think in person stuff I, I hope it doesn't go away uh, I, when I hope it doesn't become the norm to be virtual, but maybe it maybe it will. Maybe virtual will will take over everything because again, people you know want their time and they want the you know maybe traveling is is uh, you know not an option now for them for whatever reason. So I mean, uh, it, it's going to be kind of interesting, I guess, what happens or what pans out over these next few years because uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, in-person conferences, but you know there's quite a few people that love the remote. So there's. There's kind of a, a feeling for both of them, um, and, and that's kind of what I'm seeing there. And, and Tommy, kind of, see, it sounds like you're kind of seeing the same um, from what your from your comments. Then, yeah, I mean, you hit it on on the head. I mean, I, in in person events are not going to go away. Um, mm-hmm. Just like just like the virtual component's not going to go away. I think that we we've just adapted and learned new ways to communicate through COVID. Um, and the convenience of having a virtual op- option um, is very appealing to a lo- at least to our clients, right? Mm-hmm. Our enterprise yep. level clients yep. that really have uh, shareholders <laughs> and mm-hmm. and board members to report to, and when you know we can get the message across to thousands and thousands and thousands of associates company wide mm-hmm. while saving thousands and thousands of dollars, it's Makes appealing. Sense. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, yeah, and again, I'm not saying it's ever gonna you know go away. I don't, I don't think it's ever gonna go back to the way it was prior to COVID. Right. Um, with with the large amount of spending that was taking place with these big events. I mean, maybe at some point down the road, but it's gonna take a long time just because companies have realized that there are cost savings that you can do and be smarter with your money. 
Well, well I think even before COVID, though, if, if you were to if you were to approach reach broach the idea that hey, you know what, we're going to do some of these virtual events, you'd probably people scoff at you. You know, they'd be like, oh, there's no way, this, these aren't going to work. You know, that's not going to happen. And it wasn't until people were actually forced to do it did they realize, hmm, maybe maybe this does work. And I think that's change, period, right? You know, anytime we have something that's major change, whether it's something as simple as that or, you know, it could be, you know, changing from a co-located place to a brick and mortar to a hybrid or whatever, you know, there's always that resistance and there's always that doubt that, you know, some people – have because some people have to see it before they believe it and other people's believe it before they see it so you've got you know you've got the majority of them probably in the form of that uh so i i completely get it there now you're smiling there because you probably have some something you're going to you know share with that one yeah i mean you look at you know qr codes right oh yeah yeah such a such a fad and such a just a just like let's let's put a qr code in the back of our business card because that's (laughs) right and then you know we did that and then that was just silly and then all of a sudden during covid no one could touch anything but qr codes were the things you could pull up your menu and all this other crazy stuff with qr codes and then now my grandma is using qr code technology right <laughs> it's just insane how like these things can adapt and change over time and and it's just it's just wild oh the qr code that's the that's you know because I, I do have the business card with the qr code in the back <laughs> So, so yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, now absolutely. I got these wristbands with the QR, with, with basically the technology in it that can that can provide yeah. the provide a similar thing. So, you know, yeah. that, I I completely get it, and it's uh, funny you brought that up because uh, you know it definitely uh, hits home 100 for me. Yeah, Tommy, I'm I'm curious when when you're thinking about putting on an event is is the hybrid option actually more difficult than either a fully remote or fully in person event? Yes. Yeah, that makes it, it feels two. like it'd be that way for an office too, where it's like you, you don't you have two different you almost have two different user experiences. That's correct. You have two different audiences you have to cater to. Um, so um, it's it's definitely more challenging. Um, but again, um, I think having that comp- again, I'm just speaking on behalf of our, our clients and our experience uh, that you know having those options available. Um, at least for at least in our experience for the foreseeable future seems to be the way that business is moving forward in the event space what's some of the difficulties in terms of like determining the differences and how do you build out that infrastructure ahead of time to from the user experience to maybe go to a pitch meeting with a better suite of options depending on what the client might be looking for yeah well i mean at the beginning of covid you know there it was the wild west when it came to event platforms. And we all and learned about Zoom for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zoom, I mean, you name it. Uh, there's just a ton of platforms out there and everyone was Frankensteining their own platforms together. And, and it was kind of a disaster really that first year and a half. And uh, we finally, I think the industry and, and the world kind of finally figured it out. Uh, and so being able to have you know, better platforms now um, has definitely made it easier. Uh, for a lot of our clients and for us, uh, being able to have you know a solution or a couple solutions that we can take to a, a client depending on their needs. Um, um, I'm not sure what what was your what was your original question, Joey. Well, you kind of you hit it there, and I, where I was going with that is I'm I'm curious about what lessons we can learn as business operators from from your experience there with if someone's struggling with how do I take a team remote or deal with a flexible workforce that's maybe part in office part not. One of the things that, that I, I've got to give Jody some credit for, 
um, with regards to how things work here at Summit. And now that we're with Anders, again, a large component of the, of the team in office, so we need two different user experiences, is creating a common infrastructure for us to interact. We use a, a company called Sococo that has a website that allows us to kind of create a virtual office space, but comparing that experience with say my wife's experience at a CPA firm where she's a remote employee, but they don't have any of that infrastructure. It's a night and day experience um, from my perspective. So I'm curious if there's any bits that we could take from, take away from your experience trying to figure out how to navigate that with your clients. I can't really speak so much on the workplace environment when it comes to technology and infrastructure. I'm, I'm more so on the event side. Um, but, but, but like I, I said a minute ago, like the, the platforms that technology and just how we've been able to adapt and learn and, and get smarter over the last couple of years when it comes to um, remote experiences, whether it be in the office or, you know, at home or, or watching something remotely, it's just become so much better. And there are so many more tools out there and more companies like ourselves that have been through you know, the fire and can make suggestions and recommendations uh, for whatever those needs may be. If we had, so I'm thinking about a specific situation like um, say a company's doing a quarterly update meeting and they've got a remote workplace. How can we use someone like Videonics to help us improve that user experience? Yeah, so luckily we've got uh, an amazing team that's, that's, uh, that's here with us. Uh, they come from a wide, variety of backgrounds, mostly in live production. So producers, directors dedicated to working with um, uh, those, those clients and listening to those, those pain points, right? Because it's hard. Running, running an event, whether it's online, in-person, hybrid, uh, they're difficult, right? And so we have a dedicated uh, team that, that works beginning to end, ensuring that the, the event uh, runs smoothly, looks professional, uh, and meets the goals and there, there's no hiccups. No one's on mute, you know, no one's, no one's cameras, right. you know, pointed, you know, up here somewhere. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we work really hard and make sure that happens. And we also have, you know, um, bigger capabilities as far as access to our, our studio here to, you know, make it look even more professional or come on site and make it look more broadcast like. So those types of things uh, is what Videonics does. We just like to take things to the next level. Thank, thank you for sharing that. That's something I, I, I think back to when we were all first kind of learning how to use Zoom, and it's it's the hardest part about dealing with that remote environment. I still forget about it. I'm like, I'm the worst <laughs> millennial ever. How, how do I still not know how to how yeah. to hop on Zoom and not be muted? So. Yep. And it's it's all it, you know, it's a, I mean, we're basically running a TV show, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's basically what what a virtual or hybrid event, right, is. Like you're, you're running a show and it's live, and so. You need to make sure that you've got the right people, the right redundancies, the right equipment, you know, all the things in place. Uh, if something were to fail or go wrong, you've got a backup plan. Mm -hmm. what, what would you say was the biggest like aha moment that you had during that, whether it was finding the right piece of software or figuring out, oh, this is something that works and has traction? During the heat of, of COVID, mm -hmm. what, what was yep. the biggest aha moment? Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest aha moment was, like I said earlier, we were, we knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we were already positioned to, to make it happen. We just had to basically almost flip the company upside down for a little bit. 
and kind of ride that wave and see where it took us. Um, and it, it, it panned out because we now have a, a completely new revenue stream that we really didn't have before. It was just a small piece of the company and now it's a significant piece. How are you feeling about that moving forward in terms of pipeline? Do you feel like that's a, is that an area that you're concerned where you're worried about it swinging back the other direction and how you pivot away from it? It's an internal debate every single day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was, it was wild. Everyone was coming to us and now it's not as wild as it was before. Um, and that's okay. Um, uh, we've, we've been able to um, gain a, a lot of new clients over the past couple years, which has been great. But as we get back on site or in person, how does Videonics fit in? Mm -hmm. Right. That, that's kind of where our, our next level of, of uh, thinking and strategy is going to be is to how do we fit in when it comes to being top of mind when it comes to going on site. And we are doing that. We're, we, we are going on site with clients that are just doing on site in person only. No virtual experience. There, there are those happen too. Right. Um, but um, figuring out our, our next you know, couple years trajectory is um, my biggest challenge. That's my rock. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not just you two. That's the question I think everyone's trying to figure out when we think about not just from a business planning perspective, how do we have the right people on board in the right place? And where's our next client going to come from, but from larger industries too, what's the future of the office place look like? I was having a conversation with my, my brother-in-law back in Texas a couple months ago when we were there and he was talking about how the place next door to where his office is in Dallas is like 70% vacant as a commercial space. And they're trying to figure out alternative uses for it. And it's gonna take people figuring out how to be flexible, not unlike you guys had to figure out how to be flexible in March and April of 2020 with your resources to figure out what the future of this is gonna look like. So it could be a really interesting situation over the next three to five years as we figure out what the, uh, what the best way forward is. Personally, I hope it, I, I like the, the remote nature of it, but I, I think it's nice to have mm -hmm. what, what I think people would call an office optional approach. Let's create flexibility for everybody. Go where it makes the most sense for you to be. But the key, which Tommy, you hit on earlier, is making sure that you've got that user experience being dialed in so that no one's suffering for one mm -hmm. course versus the other. Yeah. There's a really interesting lesson there for all of us as we're kind of deciding what our businesses are going to look like moving mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, yeah then, then you throw in, you know, uh, you know, inflation, recession fears, mm -hmm. uh, uh, war, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, it's, uh, all, all those things combined, you know, just makes it for a, for a you know, a, a tricky, you know, uh, election year coming up. So uh, tricky next couple of years and positioning yourselves to be um, um, in the right place. It, it kind of thinking through that with, you know, with transitioning yourself in the right place and putting yourself, you know, with, with the pipeline and everything, is it, you think it's going to be easier for you to fill the, fill the, uh, fill the pipeline based on all those different criteria, recession, war, you know, all the things that could potentially and is kind of happening right now versus the old way where you had to be in person all the time? Do you think being remote will kind of help you and kind of diversify you, take away some of that risk that you might have had before? Yeah, I, I do. Um, um, you know, we've had you know, several new clients lately that have come to us and we're, and we're basically, the internal teams were just exhausted mm -hmm. of, of doing their own virtual 
town halls, meetings, whatever it may be. They were just exhausted. Right. It's very technically challenged. It's hard. You, you got you to gotta wrangle a lot of cats mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. to make sure that it all happens. And it's, it's hard work. And uh, I, I don't think that's going anywhere, anywhere soon. Okay. When it comes to on-site and in-person, what we're finding is, is a lot of the, um, um, the cities that we're um, experiencing um, uh, these issues in have had you know, people that have uh, – well, let me back up the, – the audio-visual side of events. It's not where we live. We're not in the audio-visual space, right? Mm-hmm. right. So. Our, our clients will come to us and say, we want to produce a virtual hybrid event at the XYZ hotel, mm-hmm. make it happen. Yep. And um, what we're finding is there's a, there's a shortage of skilled workers. Mm-hmm. Um, the customer service level uh, is not there uh, and the attention to detail is not there. And so we're having to really step in and fill that void of those, those, um, the areas that are, are, are struggling in those in that uh, that realm of, of, of staffing and crews uh, for those those experiences on site in those properties, and so uh, I, I think we're positioned okay. I think we're positioned very well uh, as we move forward because we now have clients and opportunities in that space that we're already living in. No, it makes it makes a ton of sense. Ton of sense. So Joey, let's uh, let's go ahead and do our favorite part of this whole thing. So let's, uh, let's what, what what kind of question do you have for for the two of us? Yeah, I've given you the entire time to think of this uh, this amazing question. So you uh, did, and I and I, I think here? I've got a doozy. I think I've got a doozy for you, Jody. It better so, be a doozy. If you say it's a doozy, it better be a doozy. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with a little bit of a story. So I've been thinking a lot about this the last couple of of, of weeks because my my college basketball team, the Kansas State Wildcats, made a bit of a tournament run. And up until Saturday, we thought there was a chance we'd be going to the Final Four. It didn't happen, but shout out to Coach Tang and the boys for a great season. It was a lot of fun. But that got me thinking, Tommy, since you guys are in events and you do live events, what is one live event, sporting, concert, anything, that you haven't gone to that you would want to go to, not as a producer, but just as a fan of what's going on. Oh. Mm. Told you, it's a doozy, Jody. Ooh. And, and while he's thinking of that, I, I can't believe uh, you brought basketball up. As, as bad of a mood as you were in this morning, uh, Joey, I thought, uh, I thought man, uh, you would never bring basketball up ever again, but surprise me, man. Look, it's, it was unexpected. It was a great season, and I'm proud, I'm proud of the fellas. They did great. It's a lot of fun. Okay, Tommy, let's hear it. Wow, um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I, I, I'm going to probably have to say, I would like, from a production standpoint, um, all the pieces that that that, that it takes to put on a, uh, this particular event. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say opening ceremonies of the Olympics. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's that's a big undertaking, and I would like to see that in person. Okay, well, why is that? Why, why, what, what, what's that? Why, why does that come to mind? Um, I mean, outside of a Super Bowl halftime, right? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl halftime, uh, that's an easy pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening ceremonies at the Olympics is a several-hour choreographed uh, experience, right? There's tons of people involved, a lot of technology. Um, and I would just love to see it in person one year, especially out of the country. That'd be fun. 
Oh, for sure. Let's say you're going to have a chance in Los Angeles in a couple of years, but that, that defeats the out-of-the-country yeah. nature there. Yeah. That's Cody, what about you? Oh, man, this is a tough one here. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go to just a, uh, you know, probably an old-fashioned musical. I know you guys are going to probably just die on that one there. But uh, the choreographic, everything that goes into a musical is, is amazing. Um, probably didn't realize back in high school I was actually in musicals, which is kind of funny because you never probably would have guessed that now. But uh, with that, a uh, lot, lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and the, the hours and hours and hours of, of rehearsal and over and over the lighting, the, the, the background, the, you know, everything. And then if you were to try to put that onto a, to, to, on for TV, made for TV, oh my gosh, it's even that much tougher. You know, I can't even, can't even imagine Tommy, uh, what would actually, it would take to, to take a, a well-known Broadway musical and, and make it look um, make it ready for TV because again, the TV audience is a lot different than the in-person audience when it comes to that the experience is so much differently. How would you actually take that musical and do it? And there's been a couple that have been successful, uh, successful doing it, but, uh, I, I can't imagine that the undergoing that it would take to, from start to finish on that. It's funny you mentioned that Jody. We have, we have tickets to see Hamilton. Um, oh, here in, in a couple of months and that was one that I thought that they did really well on the Disney Plus movie version that was of one it. I was thinking of, yep. mm-hmm. yeah it was really cool yep. yeah, really enjoyed it alright well I'll wrap it up with mine I think, I think I know what my answer is although Tommy just blew it out of the water with his I mean I don't know how I'm going to beat the opening <laughs> ceremony the I know when he I said that I was like oh Oh, he he, can't, he brought his A game. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was the dunk to start the game. So I don't know if I can I don't know if I can finish it. I think for me it would need to be something like you were saying, Tommy, where there's a lot of moving pieces and it's just such a well-oiled machine. So I think of something like you know the Masters or one of those golf productions where mm. again, if you could sit there and be behind the scenes and you think about oh we've got all these monitors and we're monitoring 72 golfers on the course at the same time and. This guy's watching this guy, and we're going to feed in these things. But, oh, we got to go do a live shot here because someone just did something incredible. I think that would be a really interesting thing to just watch the choreography of how that goes. And then, you know, thinking about the talent on that, too. I mean, we talk about Jim Nance as one of the greatest broadcasters of all time. But every single person who's doing a live broadcast like that is an absolute rock star. So we'd love to see them kind of do their thing live. Yep, love it. So, Tommy, uh, somebody in the audience there wants to get a hold of you or reach out. How would they? Uh, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, easiest easiest place to go is our website, vidionics.com, V-I-D-I-O-N-I-X.com, or email me at Tommy at vidionics.com. Yeah, Tommy, it's been a pleasure. I've had a, had a great time. Hope you have too on uh, on this uh, short thirty minute uh, podcast. And uh, again, uh, Tommy Nolan from Vidionics, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Jody, Joey, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Tommy. Enjoy this podcast? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving business success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry. 